I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website, shamelesssex.com, for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. (laughs) That was a robotic intro. Yeah, you're like, hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. (gasps) Reporting from the depths. Of grief. Oh, God. (laughs) That sounds dismal. Yes. Well, so we had another episode that was going to go online today, and we pushed it back. It's an awesome episode with Holly Randall, who also has a podcast, and we went on her podcast. But that is going on Friday, because today we're doing an episode on breakups and heartache, because I'm in the middle of it. I'm just in it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you are. Deep in it. Um, this is not a bashing episode. I'm not going to out anyone's dirty laundry. I'm. Um, Damn it! I was hoping. I was hoping for that. You already know all the dirty laundry. I know. <laughs> I do. Yeah, this episode, I figured. Originally, I was like talking about recording it with you yesterday, and you were like, "Let's do it tomorrow." I'm I'm like, like, I don't think it's a good day. It's for probably that. a good idea to give it a day. Well, that was like day two um, of the intensity, and you know, it gets easier. The weird every day. thing is, is that unparallelously or I guess unparadoxically would be the right word is that you had a UTI as well and then I got a UTI and then I started going through a breakup thing and then and then I did you are I'm like damn you, it you didn't actually break up yet I, I actually you, I like they threw in yet yeah well, <laughs> sorry but you no I'm putting the good juju out there you're not breaking up you're gonna go Work through it. You're going it's to therapy. It's a challenging time, though, with um, relationships, and yeah. there's a lot of transitions happening out there, and you're experiencing one. And I also thought that I was going to be experiencing one, and you were there for me. I thought you were going through one before I was. Yeah, no. And actually, I, I didn't like, even think I was going to go through one, but <laughs> I didn't either. And surprise! And I was surprised to re- have surprise a text message that said guess what i was like oh shit <laughs> what i was just in napa having a kidney infection almost being hospitalized and then he was going through a breakup yeah very uh, suddenly and I w- i'd say unexpectedly i mean there was definitely some stuff that was being discussed and worked through i didn't ex- fully expect it to go this direction um, I'm also someone of an eternal optimist and a believer in love and that if love is great and fully aligned, then it always prevails. And I've believed that in the past. And, and I'm well, like, fuck them. You don't need them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm more like, no, I I believe. I just, just trust and believe and believe in the love. And, you know, sometimes there's obstacles that are uh, greater than, um, you know, holding on to love. And this wasn't my choice. Everyone, I did not choose this. Um, I uh, definitely... It, and it's, it was so interesting that there there was a lot of conversations before that never um, 
result in me thinking for sure there's a breakup. There was questions of like, you know, are you leaving? Is this, is this too much? And it's, you know, related to some, um, dynamics. I haven't, I mean, I've talked about my partner in here a bunch and it's been more so about, you know, a lot of the good things and our communication stuff and our sex and, um, and, you know, deep down, this is a person that I, um, have ne- I've never felt more aligned with someone than I have with this this partner, and um, you know I I did think, um, and it's not that I I actually still right now in this moment think that you know I was like wow this is my person, and when I say that I don't think that we only have one one person. I don't believe in like one soulmate forever, one person forever, and um, and so I but I thought you know as as much as someone can become or be your person, this person was it. And it was so, uh, magical and beautiful and connected, like such the, the sweetest, deepest connected love. We, um, had never, and I, and I don't think that arguments are bad, but we were so aligned in our communication stuff and, and all this, these things and the way we process things and showed up for each other and took care of each other that we, you know, never gotten any fights or arguments. I could say that we now have because of, you know, how, what resulted or how it happened on Sunday. Uh, so it's this Tuesday, two days later, um, definitely involved my own anger. It's so funny because he had said like, I hope I get to see Amy's anger someday. And, like, and I hope it's not directed at me and, or about me. And well, there it is. <laughs> there you too, go. Oh <laughs> yeah. Too late. You Sorry. Now it. Here it is. Um, so just to, I'm not, again, in not in honor of not airing someone's dirty laundry, and this is going to be just a shorter episode. We don't have any ads or anything here. Um, and it's going to be about some tips and tricks that work for me as well as for April, uh, in how we process things. And we'll talk about what some tips from other folks too, in how to work through breakups and how to work through heartache when it comes up spoken from someone who's just in the middle of it right now. Um, And we also aren't saying these are the end all be all tips and tricks yeah. everybody's so different and every circumstance of breaking up is different or separating or divorce or how you handle it how you handle it yeah. and it when it comes comes down to it a lot of the key is to take care of yourself seriously which can be really hard when you're devastated you know the words i've been using to describe my experience is like devastated you know crushed um kind of incapacitated at times deep grief like waves just intense and grief it's like and having sorrow. your cup kind of full and then having someone just dump out yeah. the cup and it's and gone like wait a second yeah oh my god how come it's empty yeah it's like a it's a shock to the system it's a shock to even it can be a shock to the ego as well but it's a it's a shock sometimes to security yeah and having someone even sometimes when it's a healthy relationship or a somewhat healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship there's still a lot of times where you hold on to the piece of the connection and going through your life with a partner or several partners however that looks and then when that's kind of taken away or maybe you're the person that moved out of it, it's still, it's a loss. Yeah, it is. It's a loss. And what's so interesting for me is, and I'll explain more why this feels this way, but it feels like someone suddenly died. You know, yeah. someone suddenly died Sunday morning. Something died. It's just the relationship. Yeah. And someone, and there's reasons why it's tied into a lot of childhood stuff for me. I'll share more about that too. And um, I've been through breakups where there were problems in our relationship. You know, there was problems in our dynamic and our alignment um, in, in things that needed to be worked through and, and, um, past resentments or hurt. And this isn't that, this is like, in, in my opinion, it was like, wow, everything felt so amazing. I've been using the word perfect in a lot of ways, except for this one obstacle. And that was, 
um, my partner now ex-partner's you know personal baggage and stuff that wasn't work fully worked through which i think ultimately is actually a part of every breakup but yeah. um because it is resulting in a lot it, it or it is uh it is because of other people's stuff from wounding or things that haven't been worked out. So it's not that this is actually that unique, but I, part of it is like, is it easier? Is it easier when someone's like really done some fucked up shit to hurt you and then to, so you can hold on to anger and be upset from that. And I've had some fucked up shit from past partners. It didn't make it that much easier, but it almost made it a little bit easier because you could get with your friends and like, well, look, here's all the things that were wrong. The bashing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and in this, it's like, nope, this person's pretty amazing. And he, the obstacle is just them and and there's stuff that i get you know i have total compassion for i I understand that also makes things hard and but i'm glad i have that and i'm also sometimes frustrated like i'm so sick of being so understanding and and you're going through this breakup grief and process and and i'll share a little bit about my journey too which i haven't at all because it's a it's a little different and there's some renegotiation going on in in my partnership and some really interesting i i aha moments, I guess you could call them, or realizations on my own, uh, my own stuff yeah. this is the best way to put it that I'm like, wow, all of these things are because I haven't been dealing with my stuff and not all of them. A lot of the, the heartache and, and weird space. And so it'll be good. I think it'll be an episode that all of us can probably relate to on some level and, uh, or th- you will at some point. Well, all of us will go through some sort of major heartache, even if it's not a breakup and it's like, you know, having a parent die or, or, you know, something like that or a friend pass. I I listened to this meditation about failure, right? Because it's talking about failure. And one thing that it's from the Calm app, because I listen to the Calm app pretty much three times a day. Uh, One of the meditations, because it was relationship with the self series. So there's all sorts of different worthiness and, and walls. And one of them was failure. And one thing that she said that was so powerful was because a relationship when it ends or it's being reevaluated or there's separation or there's a shift, a lot of times we can get stuck on the failure piece. I failed. I put all this energy and love. It's a failure. Not everyone might think that that's the direction I go. And you're a lot more optimistic about things, Amy. But the thing that she said, though, was that don't give failure as much weight. And she said it much more eloquently. Be really and sit in the the happiness and the the gratitude for yourself that you had the courage to try. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love that. And I, I have zero regrets about being being in this relationship and my past one that was super tumultuous for five and a half years and really painful a lot of the time um i still don't have regrets about that there's part pieces where i with that past relationship that i like wow i could have been way more empowered and i just like totally lost myself and um and but in this one i it's you know it feels very different and so i think that's one of the reframes is Everyone that comes in our life can be a teacher and what are they here to teach us and what is the opportunity uh, for our own growth when you know, it gets hard or doesn't work out. Um, and it's a hard thing to consider. And maybe you don't need to do that like right away when you're deep in the grave. You don't be like, well, what did I learn? It could be more like fuck this or like, you know, deep sorrow in your, you know, in your tears and. And, and the, eventually the coming to that place. Journal. Oh yeah, we're going to go into that. We're going to talk about. But we just recorded an awesome podcast that won't be on there until July. But it is with uh, Ka- Kasha or Ur- Urbaniak. Ur-Baniak. 
And she is an, uh, she doesn't use the word empowerment coach, but she teaches the, the good girl reform school or something. The um, academy. Yes. The academy. And she's a professional dominatrix, but teaches women on how to like get into their power. And a really, she's fucking phenomenal. You do not want to miss that episode. It's a good one. And she's, we'll, so we'll share something that she said on there actually off air. So it won't even be on the episode. Um, so just a, like a little, small kind of preview of what happened this weekend. And, you know, there's been a couple months of conversations about um, some stuff and dynamics in the relationship that were, uh, you know, me feeling like being majorly separated or a separate entity of this person's life because they have a lot of, um, you know, coming out of a long, 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 long term relationship and having kids and, um, and it always being really scary for them to integrate me. And it just came to a point where the separation was of, of like how you know this person having for him having two lives and me feeling like I'm kind of um you know on the side or a secret in a lot of ways not completely secret but a secret to certain people and um feeling starting to get exhausting for me and hard and sad and lonely and exhausting for them and overwhelming in them trying to balance all of it and ultimately came down to conversations this weekend about them him feeling the overwhelm of all of it and you know a lot of tears for him and like the intensity and um, in conversations about that and then me feel anxiety and going into anxiousness as someone who doesn't feel a lot of anxiousness I feel it with men when shit when I feel like I'm going to lose them um, and having a conversation on Friday night of um, you know me saying you know, are you going to leave no I'm not leaving right now like are you, are you sure him saying I'm not leaving right now but I don't really know what the future holds I don't really know I just haven't figured out how to do all this there's a lot I need to process to Saturday going through, um, you know, a change where he was like, I choose this, I choose you, I choose love. And to, you know, like, you know, 20 hours later, 15 hours later on Sunday morning, um, I can't do this. You know, I love you, but we were talking this podcast today with Kasha and we were talking about the word, but yeah, the minute he said that, he's like, I need need to talk to you about something. Started crying. said I love you, but, and I was like, whoop. Here, yeah. it is. And then I feel all the hormones in my body like shifting, releasing like, all the, yeah, yeah, all the cortisol and adrenaline, like, oh, I can't believe it's, it's happening. And, and then, yeah, I love you, but I can't be in a relationship right now. I don't have room for a partner in my life. I have a lot I need to work on and sort out. And, you know, I, I can't be here and I'm so sorry. And, um, and for me, I went right in to, um, I didn't disassociate. So yay for that. Cause I've done that before and it, that's not the best. It's, I mean, it's, I know that it's a survival mechanism, but, um, it is really limiting and uh, ultimately not that healthy for me when I done that. And not that I choose it, but it has happened. I went into anger and kind of like being, yeah, just kind of cold, stern, didn't have a lot to say. And, was just kind of stern, kind of got up and walked out and sat outside naked in the sun. It was like 7.30 a.m. And, and then he came and sat next to me. And, and I was just like, just I not a lot of words to say, but I was in anger. And yeah. and then he ended up leaving, you know, because it was like, well, this, um, he's not, we don't want, I don't want him to go into compliance of like taking care of me. That's part of his work anyways. And then he's going through his stuff of taking care of him, which is good. He needs to, you know, he needs to not just be like, Oh, let me change my mind to take care of you. And, and then I like, what I did at 8am is I talk, text all, you know, friends like, Hey, going through this, having a really fucking hard time. And one of them just like comes over here right away. And, 
Um, and so then, and then other friends came over. And so I spent the day with three friends, um, and I was in anger. And I, there's some tears. It was mostly anger, which is more empowering than sadness. But yeah. beneath it is sadness, obviously. Like, I know I was going to go into the fucking sadness. Anger has more control feelings yeah. than You're like in your body. Sadness, where yeah. it's like, oh, what did yeah. I do? But we need both. Yes. And, and for me in the past, it's been harder to feel anger as probably as my conditioning as a woman. Um, so when I was in it, I was like, oh my God, I feel more clarity. I feel more strength. So, you know, we're drinking tequila and we went all for a walk down the beach and then, you know, everyone's allowing me to be in my process and we had a, you know, kind of a fun day, but I'm still in misery. And then come home and my, you know, two of my other friends left. And so one of my girlfriends stayed with me and we were going to go to this thing there. Oh, there was a protest that was kind of a dance party thing. And so I was like, let's just go check this out. Maybe this will lift my spirits. And as I'm like putting on mascara, I'm like, thank God this is the kind of mascara that doesn't smear. It like comes on in these tubes, yeah. not sponsored by L'Oreal, but it's by L'Oreal. And it comes in these tubes where when you cry, it just stays on. Yeah. And as, as I'm putting it on you know, it's like 6 p.m. I'm like, thank God this is in these tubes. I feel like I'm going to cry soon. And then I go and sit on the couch in my house and I just lost it. Like the deep, you know, that deep sob wailing, like head in your lap. You're snotting everywhere. Your body's convulsing. It feels like an ayahuasca ceremony if you've ever had ayahuasca. And you have like this and it lasts for like an hour and you think it's going to last forever. And there's so much you can feel so much that it needs to come out. It's coming out. And it's like the purge, the purge. And, and I haven't done that since 2016 with my ex partner when they told me they're like, Hey, I might be leaving you for another woman. And, um, and so went through that. And my friend, this is one of the gifts I mean, my friend, I didn't have to ask her for this, but she saw me going through that. So she, she just sat next to me. She didn't touch me. She didn't say anything. She just was with me. And in it, I was thinking, I hope she doesn't try to like say anything right now. I just need to go in it. So she didn't. I didn't even have to ask her for that. And then she made some tea, just put it in front of me. And I'm like snotting. And like I have a dish rag because you're snot- I'm like crying so much that a tissue is not going to cut it. Which is actually, to touch on that, that's commendable on her part because it's hard. It's really difficult to just hold space. And you want to say something that's going to help the other person feel better. I think a lot of us don't want to see our loved ones in pain, in any sort of pain, whether it's emotional or physical. And so trying to be the fixer and being like it's okay or he's a piece of shit or whatever that looks like for people same it's it's one of the most mature and high level ways to to communicate form of communication is just listening and holding space and i think that's a really good tip if if anyone out there is even holding space for someone that is going through a breakup the best thing you can do, unless they're coming to you and asking, what would you do? Yeah. Or I need your advice. If they're just wanting to be in that grief space and just get all of the stuff out that's emotionally charged and sad and angry, sometimes the best thing you can do, and sometimes it is holding them. Yeah. And sometimes it's just letting them go through it. Have it. Yeah. I think if you're confused, you can ask too. like, and do you want me to touch you? Do you want me to, to yeah. say anything? You can check in if you're confused. You know, she just happened to know the moment she's been through a lot of grief, you know, breakups, um, and also death. And, um, so she, I think she kind of understood how to navigate that. And, um, so that was nice and, and to have that and that release. And then, and so then, so, okay, we had the anger piece and then the deep grief is all one day is all Sunday. And deep grief. And then that night I went into the, the desperate batshit crazy (laughs) 
in the spot that is, I think, can be part. Which I've gone burn some clothes. Well, no, I didn't do that. I'm just kidding. That actually, I don't call that bad shit crazy. That's extreme. You're like, I was cold. I needed some fire and yeah, and I want to burn your shit. Yeah. No, I didn't do that. It was more of going. You know, later on the night, then my friend finally left, and then I was alone, and then I went through the anxiety, sad. um, I need to figure out all the answers to make sure is this 100 percent real, and so I called my partner now ex-partner and um and you know asked all the questions like just you know grilling and like trying to figure out and had went through being you know this mixture of angry and saying some things that are um i mean if you put them on if you really compare a lot of angry things that people say it's probably not that bad um i but, doubt it no, it's probably not, not that bad but like saying on the things that are um coming from an angry hurt place to sadness to desperation you know to saying all the things to see is there a chance? Are you sure? You know, like those, those kind of questions that come from a, a desperate place, which I've done in past breakups too. And I don't think people have to go through that, but if you do, don't be so hard on yourself. Um, I have talked to a number of people that have gone through that as well, that it's just like, you know, can be part of it. And, and after you're like, wow, I sounded desperate and a little bit shit crazy, but um, you know, as part of it and what happened, it was not a comfortable conversation. He held some really good space for me, like allowing it and, and not, not telling me I was too much and, you know, holding that, which I think it can be hard, especially for someone who wants to take care of someone's emotions, but he held it for himself. He's very clear. And, and ultimately that sucks. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I want you to yeah, say so. that you still want to be with me, yeah. but ultimately it was also more helpful actually. So ultimately it was, it was, it was, I got the answers and I left that like, yeah, there's nothing I can do. And for the moment, this is what's all that's true. And here we are. And, it, you know, this might be how it is forever. And, and like, I can't hold on to a false sense of hope. All I can work with what is present right now and what is actually on the table. And this is what's here right now. Um, so then I went into a night of some sleeplessness and a lot of anxiety, woke up a lot, barely slept. Um, just, you know, that feeling when you finally sleep for like an hour and you wake up and you're like, oh, wait, wait, maybe it's just a dream. No, yeah. it's real. Yeah. And then you're like, fuck and devastated and, you know, heartbroken, so anxious. And, um, and then woke up the next day, finally, after not so much sleep and messaged my friends cause I could feel, I was like, I was not okay. And I was like, I'm not Okay. I need help. And they're all like, okay, well, I'm available this time. Today. Yeah. I'll be here then. And so then that's what I call the babysitter mode, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is, you know, reach out to your people, um, tell them I'm not doing well and I need your help. And this is, again, this is not, you don't have to do this, but this is what works for me. I'm not doing well. I need your help. And, and like, who can be with me when, because I kind of need people here all the time right now for the next couple of days. And I just know this because this is what has pulled me through the last couple hard breakups. And my friends, they show up in a big way. And so they all come over and I'm just letting myself you know, be a, a kind of a pile. And it was nice to be here. And just, I was just there kind of like feeling it all sad and zoning out, drinking some tequila. You were doing some work on the laptop for shameless sex or other friends doing her Enneagram, but I'm still not alone. And that felt nice to be supported in that way. Um, and, and so we kind of spent the day doing that. I went for a walk with a friend with her dogs and uh, with your dog and her dog. And then you came back and some other girls came over and we had like, you know, five girls. And then I finally took a shower and washed my hair. That was hard. Everything's been hard. Like doing dishes has been hard. Um, just any little task. And I, and so my other friend had washed my dishes the day before you 
like kind of clean my kitchen yesterday. <laughs> I was just like, okay, we got to do something about <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, I was like, because I'm like, I can't do anything. People are like, Amy, do you want to do this? I don't fucking I brought care. her a bottle of Reposado tequila and yeah. some... We had good tequila. Yeah, we had good tequila. Just in case we ran out of tequila. And I'm not condoning just turning to the bottle here. So I also, I didn't say this. Magically, I, uh, what, uh, what, four days ago before the breakup, I had already scheduled a hypnotherapy session that my partner, now ex-partner, actually purchased for me. That will happen on Wednesday um, uh, afternoon. Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, tomorrow. And then I am already part of a practice group for Hakomi where you can either be a client or a therapist. That's already scheduled for tomorrow morning. So tomorrow I have two therapy sessions. And miraculously, yesterday morning, my guy friend texted me. He's like, hey, I can't go to this practice group for Hakomi. Um, you would, anyway, he said this like five friends. He's like, I, whoever you call, goes to this, I'm paying for it. And you get to be a client. And I was like, oh my God, it was like, in an hour. Perfect. It's like, I need this great timing. So I did a therapy session yesterday where I was a client just going through my process and grieving. Um, and so here's one cool thing that I want to share that I discovered on there. I don't know if I told you this maybe already April, but so in Hakomi, it's all about following the threads of your body, you know? And so I'm like already crying. It's already there on the surface and they're like staying with you, the therapist over zoom. And then they're like guiding me deeper in my body. And then I'm with you inviting in my tears and I'm just like crying so much. Not the wailing crying that I did last night or the night before, but still crying a lot and going through all like, how is this happening? How does this the feel keep happening? And so they go into like, how that's familiar, huh? And I was like, yeah. And like, when's the first time you felt that? And I go back to this memory with my dad. Uh, my mom was there too, but she had this uh, gnarly migraine. I was five or something and I was, um, had a nightmare. And so my mom couldn't even move because of the migraine. Oh. And I had a nightmare and I went into that bedroom. I was crying. I was scared. And my dad shooed me out of the room um because he was the parent like just let her deal with it you know my mom probably would have done a little more than that um and so they locked me out in this very dark scary hallway of a seven bedroom house i was always scared of and i'm crying victorian haunted house yeah like you know my little nighty i probably like little girl nighty pounding on the door screaming and crying in terror and the people that i love hear me hurting they're not doing anything and so they literally shut the door on my sadness and my fear and my pain and i'm and i am like just and so I, it's yeah, it makes me sad just to think of that. I've worked in that a lot in therapy. So that as whole I, tough love thing is just bullshit. It is not the way people because you know what happens? They develop some gnarly coping mechanisms, some big walls, and mine created a little bit of a I'm a secure attachment style with anxious tendencies when I'm feeling pushed away. And um, so I brought that up in therapy, and she's like, "Well, yeah." Of course, this feels just like that because it feels like once again, this, you know, man that you love and, you know, and trust to take care of you and show up for you when you're sad, just shut the door on you suddenly and they're gone. They shut the door on, you know, they're, they're, you know, that's not that they don't love you. They love you, but they shut the door on what feels like they're shutting you, just shutting you out. And I was like, oh, fuck, it's the same thing because, you know, this one was so abrupt. It was like the door was just shut all of a sudden, bam. He's gone. That's like a light switch going off. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, holy shit. And then in that, I realized, oh, my God, I have kind of been looking for all of my partners to be my daddy, which is funny because that shows up in sex, too. But I'm not even referring to that. I'm looking for them to soothe me so I don't have to deal with all of my shit from my childhood about my fear and anxiety of being alone, mostly at night. 
so they can help to be there and caretake that so I don't have to deal with it or feel that fear and that sadness. Um, and then when they're gone, oh, fuck, now I have to deal with it on my own. And when they're abruptly gone, wow, and like I don't even have any practice time, you know, pre- preparation time. So that will be my future work in these therapy sessions is the nighttime anxiety and this feeling of I need this romantic partner man to help me work through this shit that is, you know, mine to work on. And yeah, they can help me with it, but it's not their job ultimately because they, at some point they just can't be there. Whether you stay in a relationship, they can't always be there. And if you, at some point they might leave. A lot of people, and Esther Perel has talked about this and we've mentioned it before. A lot of people out there, especially in Western culture, expect their partners to fulfill all of these roles, whether it's lover, whether it's daddy, whether it's some sort of provider, whether it's best friend, whether there's so many different ideas of what people want out of their partner. And it's really impossible for anyone to ever live up to all the expectations. And also it's important to have a lot of those things on your own. Mm -hmm. So you can't expect anyone. And this is something that since my first when I first lived in Santa Cruz with my ex-boyfriend that I moved here with back in 2006, we moved to Santa Cruz together and he told me something that I'll never forget because I would always be like, you don't do this. You don't. You know, I was young. I was in my twenties and I, I wanted all this stuff from my partnership. And he goes, April, I'm not going to be the one that can ever make you happy. You're the only one that can do that for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's bullshit. But I had lived in this, this world where I thought, from seeing my mother in endless, really unhappy relationships because I thought she ch- had chosen the wrong person and I kind of blamed the partnership. And if she would have met the right person, he would have made her happy, right? Yeah. And instead, that shift, though, took from when he would say that to me and I thought he was full of shit till my early 30s after I went through the, a divorce and, and then was on my own and then in another partnership, it was still very much alive in in the partnership that I'm currently in where I expected all of these extra layers and levels. And when it comes down to it, everybody out there listening, it's not about, of course, it's about getting your needs met with a partner, but it's not about anyone making you happy or fulfilling every single aspect of things, especially if you have childhood wounding and something abandonment with of, of your father. Your partner, of course, hopefully can show up for you in exponential ways. And you also have to just remember you can't you can't make anyone be everything for you. That's a no. lot of fucking pressure. It's Yeah, it's too much pressure. And it's not your partner's job to fix you or heal you. You can do some profound healing with, within a partnership with a partner. That's totally 100% possible. But you can't make it their job to do that. And Could you imagine um, if I did that to you? Chip, why are you making me happy? Yeah, it's you. You make me feel this You're way. You're supposed to make me happy. Yeah, no, Good it luck with that. doesn't work that way. But we, you know, the people can support us as we do our own work. So this is why I greatly advocate for therapy. Like, thank God I have three therapy sessions this week just happen to be set up that way. Um, and I will continue doing that for the next couple of weeks because, you know, there's the grieving and there's the ultimate opportunity to work on this old stuff that's obviously been opened up. And something, your relationship was uh, very loving and it was also fairly fresh and you didn't live together, right? So there's a lot of different dynamics that I think can shift when you have a long-term partnership that you're living together. You have children sometimes or stepchildren and a lot of things get layered and there's no hierarchy to the importance of a relationship with based on your living situation or if it's long distance. Why I'm saying this is because there, there are in all of us, there's this inherent 
belief that we can't do things on our own Mm -hmm. or that your partner should have responsibility for this because you chose them. And I'll just say that it's important to be on your own journey Mm -hmm. and not to, I guess, because I mean, what I'm living in even now, it's, I didn't want to be the naggy girlfriend, right? I wanted to be the cool, acceptable girlfriend that was friends with everyone. And that was just like caretaking. I'm the cool chick. And I'm the, I can make dinner and I have a career and I don't need your money and I'll be a stepmother to your kids and I'll do all this. And then just reaching a point with uh, almost a contempt for my partner or mm. a disappointment or resentment resentment yeah. for not showing up in the ways that I expected him to in my brain. Yeah. And, and I, I think it would be helpful for people to, because I think a lot of us, and I think me included, we kind of wait for shit to hit the fan to do the work. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. What would be helpful is if we didn't wait for that and we, but sometimes we need shit to hit the fan to see, to see the work. Or even we've done the work and we're like, oh, there's more. And so it's to, like to, eating healthy. Yeah. You don't want to eat healthy Just after when you, you have sick. an ailment yeah. with your yeah. organs. Yeah. You want to be healthy because it's a balance of everything. Yeah. Yes, eat the shitty food once a week maybe or once a month yeah. and be healthy the rest of the time because once you have the organ failure, or a heart attack, it's really hard to go back and be like, I'm going to start eating healthy. Yeah, it's like a major uphill battle there. So if you know you have opportunities to do the work on your attachment wounding, etc., like go start doing it now and don't wait till it's hard. It's not that you can't do it when it's hard, but you'd be nice to have some tools in your toolkit. And remember, there are therapists out there because I've actually been told by a therapist, uh, unfortunately for them, that if it's not broken, don't fix it. it I'm sorry. Said? If it's not broken, yeah, you don't need to fix it. This is what a therapist said. Hmm. Uh, and I was really shocked because... Did you fire them right away? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm related to them, so I oh. wasn't even going to, for them to therapize me. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah. So that was like, I was like, wait, really? That is what you think about yeah. therapy? And because I had asked in, 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 if they had been to therapy in their partnership because... I was thinking that they probably need some. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and the answer was... Therapist person, you yes, need some therapy. If it's not broken, there's no need to fix it. It just calls in all of the shit. And I was like, that is fucked up. So if you are living somewhere or you've experienced therapy where that has kind of been... It's like getting an STD check. And if you don't have... Have you ever heard that? Where they're yeah. like, if you don't have symptoms, you don't need to get checked. Like, and I'm like, nah, excuse me? Let's be just not... Take yeah. my blood. Sometimes we don't have the signs that we actually have symptoms. Sorry, you guys, we're outside, and so we have a dog barking. Perry, who are you barking at? He's got his bark collar on. I just got him. It only vibrates, doesn't doesn't sting. Um, okay, so the last night, so this is you know day two, is yesterday, and being the anger, and then the sadness, and then um, and then last night. My, you know, all my friends are around, and then the grief wave hit again. It's so interesting how they come in waves. It's like these deep waves. I went through a wave on Sunday night. I went through a wave in therapy Monday morning and then another wave with all my friends around on um, last night, Monday night. And um, and I just laid on the couch and just was in it while five friends are just kind of hanging out. April's still reading the Enneagram book, which is what I want is I want to go through it. Only be with people that allow me to do that and not try to change it. And I know it can be kind of distracting, but 
um, and be able to feel all of it. And so I'm just like wailing and sobbing. We played some heads up. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and I just stayed in this position on the couch for we hours. Watched Secret Life of Pets too. They're all taking care of like trying to feed. And then, so here's some other advice. Make sure you eat some food. I haven't had much of an appetite the last couple of days. I'm probably eating half of what I normally would. And so my friends are still like, you know, making me little bowls of healthy food. And, and I went and got us some delivery. Yes. Vietnamese like, food. Yes. It was delicious. It was and, really good. And there was some laughter and then just sadness. And I allowed my sadness and my numbness and uh, my anger and all the things. And um, and so went through all those. And then last night, I uh, well, I, I took a pill for this to finally get a good night's sleep. But so for me, I go through the like, I'm not the extremist of you can't take anything. Stay super sober. Only do therapy. Be alone. Meditate. That's not how I work. Um, I don't, for me, isolation is not the key for this. For me, I need to have fun and joy. And I go in and out of really feeling my stuff and spending a lot more time feeling. And then also like bringing on things that also help me to feel pleasure and joy. And that involves connection of friends, not being alone, maybe drinking some tequila. And um, maybe and, me busting out my stripper moves for you. Yeah. Yeah. Her Beyonce moves too. Used to do that. My, my, my other breakup. The one, well, one of the many rounds when of that I got person. in front of a fan and did my, yeah. my Beyonce. And she's singing like lady woman empowerment songs. Um, so allow, create space, everyone. This is my advice again. You don't have to do it. It's not perfect. Um, for it to be around, call any homies and be like, I need help. Um, and maybe have them around for like three to four days all the time. And, um, and then, Go through the waves of grief with people that can hold that space for you and allow yourself. Don't stop it and make sure you breathe very deeply and let everything out. What if you want to yell or you want to cry? Do all of those things. Um, Make appointments with therapists right away and start to go and do other deep work if you can. There's a lot that you can do online if you don't have anyone in your area. Um, today I woke up a little bit lighter. I drank coffee and that's not a good idea because that uh, increases anxiety for me. And so after I drank coffee, I was like, Oh, I can't drink coffee right now because then I get a little more anxious and that's not where I need to be. But the pain and the heaviness is easier and lighter. Um, be- just because of being so surrounded by love and, and, and as I release things, it light lightens up naturally. Um, and so I'm going to continue to be surrounded Time by friends. Time does really heal Which, yeah, a lot of wounds. Brings me to my next point. Time, distance, and 100% space. Fine. You don't want to pull the band-aid off. You want to keep calling them and having sex with them. Go ahead. Doesn't Hasn't worked for me in the past. I've done that. Um, it keeps the wound open. It postpones healing for most folks. So as hard as it is, I recommend if you can. And I can't. I'm going to say this and say, I might still fuck this up. Yeah. But my intention is to, especially because this person, my ex-partner, needs needs space to do their own healing. I mean, obviously I do too, to not reach out to them. Don't drive yourself crazy by be still following them on Instagram or Facebook. You know, I unfriended them on Facebook and it's not out of anger or rage. I just can't see their stuff pop up. Yeah. I'm unfollowing them on Instagram and, um, and you know, that might not be permanent. I hope to be in a, in a good place with this person, but I, so I, you know, removing the things that might remind me of them. I don't, and you might need to do this. You don't torture yourself to go stalk them and drive yourself crazy. Um, and for me also, it's removing the things that remind me of them that might be in my house. Some things you can't get rid of. They're just a part of your life that, you know, your fucking bed could remind you of them. <laughs> you might not yeah. want to get a new bed. That one kind of kombucha beverage that you always bought together. Fuck that thing. I'll just buy a different kombucha yeah. beverage. Well, I can also, I, I want to interject yeah. for just a second because I think it's great advice. And yes, I, I was just in a potentially breaking up space with my partner and we're, we're 
doing some things to work through it. Uh, and I will say we live together. So I was trying to look for a new place to live. There was, I was being very reactive because I wanted to protect myself week or a week ago, right? Yeah, Yeah. It was, well, it was about a week and a half ago. So it's pretty fresh. And the one thing that was really confusing is because there was all of this stuff on the table about separating and in my brain, that means it's the end. And so I'm starting to put up the, the protective survivor stuff that, that I usually do, which is I don't need fucking anyone. I can take care of myself. I'm going to buy a plane ticket to to Thailand and just not talk to anyone for two months. And that was not number one. It wasn't possible because, which I'm glad because COVID and number two, what I've learned is sitting in this discomfort and the pain of really looking at both sides of what are some of the issues coming up in my relationship that's come up time and time and time again is something to look at. And I have to start doing some of the work on my own. Even couples therapy is interesting, but I got, it was very confusing living together and going through this because I kept wanting answers and kept wanting to dig in. Like, why, why are we going through this? Like there's love here. What's going on? And then we were still sleeping together pretty 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 regularly since every every night even after we were in this raged breakup space and that I, i after one night of 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 multiple nights of that i said i can't do this anymore because it's really confusing for my body it's damaging for my emotions and it's it's hard for me to process what actually is going on if we're sharing this intimate physical connection because my brain links that immediately to to the love and the stuff that isn't going bad in our relationship and so we we stopped having sex for a couple of days and then I went away and uh and then came back and it's been pretty chill but I am just sitting in the pain and and now we're having sex again but yeah it's uncomfortable and then there's also there, it, there's a lot of layers in what I'm experiencing, which I know everyone has layers. It just gets more complicated uh, when you have, it's not just the partnership that you built, right? There's all yeah. of these other lives involved, if you will. So if you have children, that's a huge thing. If there's assets or if you are in this long-term relationship and there was cheating or whatever, there's, even if it's short-term, it doesn't matter. There's, it's just, it's difficult to figure out why you can't make it work, especially if one person wants to and the other person is sort of unsure or yeah. or out. And answers are not always the key. I think it's just... You drive yourself crazy yeah. looking for all the answers and like, well, why this? Why that? I think you need to go through that. Like you need to have a phase for that, but, but that's anxiety and that's like future stuff and not yeah. presence. And sure, go through the, the, the phase, but you don't, don't need all the stuck. details. And you ultimately, we never know. We don't have all the answers. What applies right now in our truth right now, hence in my situation, you know, from Saturday, someone saying, I choose you, I choose love and us having some really like great connected sex to only 15 hours later, like I can't do this. That's a great example of shit can change really quickly that we actually never and that's fully a mind knew the fuck, truth. Right? It's totally. Like, how do you, and that's the thing. If you are in a breakup or separation and you are continuing to feed the, the pleasure beast, which everyone has needs and, and desires. So do whatever feels good for you, but know that it could come with some attachment stuff that yeah. will be, it might be harder for you if you don't rip the bandaid off yeah. uh, to go through that or you might be prolonging those those feelings and i'm a person unlike you i feel like you do a i won't 
not going to should you or judge you, but it seems over the years that we've been friends, you're much better with, with like sitting in this, the pain or discomfort sometimes, not that you like it, but you're good with the processing of it. And then the sort of optimism moves in and I am instant gratification. I want to know right now what's going on. If not, then I'm out. I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. And I never want to see you again, which is not fucking healthy either. Well, it gives you this. Because I want the hurt, them to feel the hurt. And if you have the answers, you think you'll be safer. But the thing about that is like the sometimes the answers, they one they can change you and you think you now you're safe and you know the truth this is my why my thought about marriage um is like you think that you're safer because you're married yeah it's harder to leave safer or more safe listeners safer okay so (laughs) it's harder to leave and so there's there's that because there's a lot more tied there so maybe that's one of the blessings of marriage it makes people really spend time to see like is it real do i really want to leave um but it is can be a false sense of safety because people can still cheat and leave so well astra perel talked about that you don't own someone just because you're married to them there's no ownership it's not guaranteed no there's nothing that is less of a guarantee unless it's indentured slavery, right? Yeah. And then you're chaining someone up and that's not what anybody no, wants. Uh, no, thank you. So, yeah. And you're right. It's marriage. Marriage is beautiful. I love a wedding. Don't give me a marriage. Like yeah. that's just, to me, it's paperwork. I'm like, give me a wedding. I will go to everyone's wedding. I mean, I love like a, even like if I had a partner that I felt like, okay, we're going together for a long time and wanted to have a big, you know, life partner celebration ceremony. I think you can do that without it having to buy into one way. But if y'all want to get married, go ahead. We're not saying that there's you can invite us wrong. to your wedding. We will come and we be will like, come. we'll be like that movie, The Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Shout makes me want to shout. My heels. <laughs> I hate that song. April and will do a handstand in a, in a skirt. If you play the YMCA, <laughs> I might use the bathroom the whole time. Oh, I'll get down with some YMCA. I'll yeah. be that. Uh, that I person. Will. I'll bring out my, my construction outfit. <laughs> That's hot. Oh, yeah. You just triggered me. Nah, you didn't do this. Oh, damn it. Remember that one time when the, my ex partner wore the construction outfit? with the I mean, I wasn't belt? there, but I heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. No, I'm fine. Don't worry. I'm fine. And, like, okay, here, so here's the thing. I'm, I'm fine. Yesterday, I was fr- Sunday, Monday, fucking devastated, miserable, a mess. Today, I'm a little bit better. Still really sad. have some anger, um, but I'm, I'm a little bit better. And we'll Tomorrow, think- she's getting on Tinder. Well, no, definitely not. <laughs> I'm, that I'm right kidding, away. but maybe, maybe next week. I've been <laughs> trying to encourage a little bit of Tindering. Yeah, let's, or give, it, let's give it at least like, whatever one of those a things. little bit of time. Go and swipe it. No, tomorrow. It. Let's get your profile well, up and, to par. And, and the I'm more just... I do my things, I'm going to continue to be surrounded by friends. I'm doing therapy. I'm going to continue to do these things. You know, I could not meditate Sunday and Monday because I, I was in so much pain. You know that pain when you like you might throw up? Yeah. Can't sit and meditate in that. But this morning I was able to finally meditate for 10 minutes, slept better, and... Um, and then did a little bit of work and now have babysitters being gentle <laughs> with yourself and doing yeah. the things that feel good is really important. But the things that feel good that are also embodied, you make sure you get outside, you move your body a little bit, make sure you talk about it and, and don't just hold it all in and put on this like I'm fine face or isolation mode. You know, the only way through is through, which fucking sucks, but it's true. And here's the other thing, everyone. It will get better. Everyone has been through this. Like I, and I know this in this, I'm like, I've done this multiple times. I know it always gets better. I hate it. I don't want it because I ultimately, if you ask me today and probably in a week, I'll still say, I want this person. I want them as my partner. They didn't do anything wrong. You know, there's some things there that were like, well, why the fuck did it go that way? Like, why did you, why did you say that or that? But ultimately doesn't speak to this person's character. I still think like they're, you know, my person, I'm sad and devastated and I want that, but I don't always get what I want. And timing is everything. Um, but you know, 
everyone will feel something like this. Most, you know, we survive. It's not easy. And I know when you're in the state that I was in the last two days, every minute feels like five hours. And you're like, how am I going to do this? I know I have in the past. I know other people have. And I know I'll survive it. But fuck, how am I going to do That's this? That's where the margins wine comes in. That's where the margins. <laughs> and the good tequila. And the good tequila. Well, it's, it's not even medicating because medication like medicating it through legal or illegal or illegal substances only delays it delays it and prolongs the inevitable and that's why you know for me some people i think need to abstain from that don't you know for them they might not be wanting you don't maybe not drinking and you know just just it depends on you if you have addiction stuff or whatever um you know for me i go in and out you know as long for me as long as i'm doing the therapy i'm talking about i'm surrounded by love i'm being reminded constantly how supported and loved i am um, and then sometimes I'm still drinking some tequila. That works really well for me. But you all figure out what works for you. Um, and the last thing I wanted to share was what we said we would talk about in the beginning, which was with uh, Kasha or Baniak. Um, she shared today, it was off there, but she shared something that April mentioned before, the revenge fantasy. And she's like, as I told her what I'm going through, she's like, have you ever tried doing a revenge fantasy? And I was like, is that like revenge porn? And is this like about sex? She's like, well, it can be. But she's like, you would si- you simply like play out in your mind or out loud to friends or you write this out. This whole revenge thing, all the fucked up things you do, you're not going to do them. You don't really like necessarily want this for this person, but all the mean things. She's like, I'm going like, to staple his balls to the seat and I'm going to make him go and apologize to his mother and go to all this therapy and get in front of every woman and apologize for all the ways that he wasn't caring or responsible. And these are her examples, not mine. And you know, just, just let yourself go into all the extreme ridiculousness slash like, you know, what would this feel like if I actually just like made him pay and made him feel for all my sadness? Not saying you're going to buy into it, not saying, not trying to escape all the other feelings that I have, you know, that I do have of deep love, compassion, anger, sadness, all the things, but as this practice. And she said magic can come through that. So that's what we're going to be doing a little bit. Well, it's nice just to get all of those emotions out, the really pent up, angry emotions. And I, that, I feel like the the journal, even journaling and writing yeah, that stuff down, and yeah. then going back a few weeks later and looking at it and be like, oh damn, I was mad. Shit, but that was real then. Yeah. And then also, I I think getting clear about what you really see for yourself is also really important. Mm-hmm. The the revenge porn, as Amy called it, is a great idea. And also, what about getting clear about what ideally you are looking for, not even in a partner, but for life. Yeah. And if that if you do want to call in a partner or you want to call in specific experiences, get clear about those things and talk about those things too. And, and take a spin for the positive and experiencing a journey all on your own or with the people that you really love and that are, you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah. And this is like the opportunity piece that you're speaking to. It's like it, the opportunity isn't just what's my healing, but also like, well, what about the next relationship? Not that I need to jump in it right away. You know, don't go throw a bandaid on a bandaid, but um, but like, yeah, what, what is the, what am I calling in? And you're, you're, you're April, you always talk about this, doing it from like, you know, I want or have approach as opposed to what you don't want. Um, oh, so, definitely. Yeah. It's another calling. If you want a trip to Tahiti, instead of saying, I don't want to go to Nebraska again, <laughs> say, I want to go to Tahiti. I will be in Tahiti yeah. or I will get that. Or I am, I am there. I am a powerful career woman mm-hmm. and, or man, I, or person, or I am, 
uh, the epitome of strength and mm. grace. And I, which or, is and, not me. I'm not graceful. But. And I will find deeply connected, aligned love again, and you know, maybe again and again. Like I deserve that. I have no doubt that I will find that. And here's the the last thing I'll say about that too is like it's this confusing place of obviously I still really love this person. There is still this like you know, this hope, but. But based on the conversation that I made him have with me when I went into, you know, kind of batshit desperation mode, um, it's this hope, but not a holding on hope, not putting, you know, my life on hold, which he told me to do. And I'm do, I'm also I know I need to do. So it's like you can still make room for all of it. Right. I can make room for the fact that I love this person. And yeah, right now in this moment, I hope that something will change, but I need to move on and live my life and take care of me. And timing is everything. And should it work out, it works out. But I can't sit and wait and, you know, waste my days on something that could ultimately just tell me, like, no, it really isn't happening. Again, like, I don't want to crush my heart eight times, um, and neither, neither do they. So I think that's the and there. It's like, there's love, there is a little hope, and I'm still going to do everything, you know, to let go, move on, and to live my ultimate life. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And if not, some other fucking incredible human will come and scoop this awesome, awesome, hot-ass oh, bitch yeah. up. I'm not the biggest fan of of this is going to sound real dismal of hope. I'm always like hope is for <laughs> motherfuckers that can't figure out what they have right in front of them. And I'm like, I don't hope for anything. I hope nothing. I know I'm going to be just fucking fine. Yeah. And maybe not today, but <laughs> I don't hope we get back together. I know that if we're meant to be, we will. And if not fucking jump off a bridge, wear a parachute, have fun. Yeah. knock yourself out. Go Do live it. your life. Life is meant to be lived. And part of living life is, Uh, disappointing people, being disappointed, being sad, being angry, being miserable, being joyful, all the things. So here we are in this, you know, part part of love. That's the hardest is fuck. Yeah. Love's taken away. Totally. And so as we uh, move forward here, April and I are probably going to um, drink some tequila. I'll probably be crying, uh, sobbing on the couch with some other friends. I'm going to go get out in nature for a little bit and then I'll probably lose my shit and cry really heavily. And then I'll probably do it again tomorrow and the next day, but each time it will probably be a little bit lighter. And then all of a sudden I'll probably feel this big weight lifted off my heart and shoulders. And, and then I'll be like, tender. Just <laughs> yeah. There's a, and the chance of me going through some of this stuff is there's potential there. which which our Later. other friend was like I'm like you oh. better you better work on this now no you know yeah. like ah, yeah our other, other friends like holy shit shameless sex might be single at the same time again we've only had that once in our lifetime that for was a very for short like a period week. we had like two good months <laughs> yeah. or something like that honestly i really hope that my partner and i can realign and figure it out I do too. and i love him deeply and dearly and i love his family and i love everything that we've shared and we've had a lot of really challenging stuff that's we that we've been faced with in the last three years yeah i think we're co- today's our third year anniversary oh yeah happy anniversary huh. well, good thing you're not i didn't even realize well, you're, that. you're going home tonight and you're not just saying i have other people to babysit me tonight so don't worry but yeah i, I totally I mean, forgot i didn't even think about it well, i was good. like wait it's the 16th of june when uh, jen and james got married yeah we well i guess we met on like the 14th but we yeah but uh, either way yeah it's th- it's this cyclical we're in a state of repair right now, and it's been cyclical with our challenges. So I will be here for you, Amy, what? and yes. through your breakup, and I know that you will be there for me. You are the best If friendship. I go through one anytime soon. I know. I love you. I'll be there for you. I want to say positive. Love does 
exist. Love prevails, and I do believe that if both people are committed to doing the work, then then love can prevail. And if one or both people aren't, then well, you don't really have a lot of options. So, um, so, and I believe in what your relationship, April, is that like I do believe it can really be absolutely incredible and great. Should you both do that? Do you believe I can fly? I do. Do you believe I can touch the sky? I do. <laughs> All right, it's getting weird. All right, <laughs> all right, everyone. So I know I sound uh, okay, and in this moment I am, and just know that it's waves. So in about five hours, that could change, and uh, probably will, and that's life. Be life gentle with changing. yourselves. We, we love, love you. you all. Thank you for tuning in to the Shameless Sex Podcast. Remember, if you have a minute of your day, just go on iTunes. Give us five stars. It helps more people find the Shameless Sex Podcast, and we love you. We read them all. So until next Tuesday, we'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.